Hi, it's Dave Matson, CEO of Sandler Training. Listen, you're listening to a great podcast, My Quest for the Best, and we're talking about the six leadership strategies for my book, The Road to Excellent. Hope you enjoy. As a small business owner, have you ever thought that you had an area of your business handled, say hiring a new manager or using a new sales process, only to find out that when it was time to use that important process, it was terribly out of date or not even up to the task? Yikes, I've been there too. Which is why I'm so excited you're listening to this episode with Dave Matson, CEO of Sandler Training, as we discuss his book, The Road to Excellence, Six Leadership Strategies to Build a Bulletproof Business. Pay special attention to the part where we discuss creating a playbook for capturing best practices in your business for new and existing team members. It's so important, and I'm so glad you're here. Hi, this is Bill Rangel, host of My Quest for the Best, where ambitious small business leaders discover strategies and tactics to unlock their growth potential. Joining me today is David Matson. David Matson, CEO and President of Sandler Training, oversees the corporate direction strategy for Sandler's global operations, including sales, marketing, consulting, alliances, and support. His areas of focus are leadership, sales leadership, strategy, and client satisfaction. Under Dave's leadership, the Sandler organization expanded domestically and internationally to over 250 offices in 27 countries around the world. He's the author of multiple books, including the Wall Street Journal bestseller, Sandler Rules. And he's here with me today to discuss his latest book, The Road to Excellence. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, you've led the Sandler training company to new levels of growth. So you understand the importance of building relationships that teach important skills and values. When you were growing up, who's someone who influenced or inspired you? You know, Bill, I'd have to say that was my grandfather. He was an individual that really worked hard, came from, say, limited education. But there was a couple things that were really important to him. One was to make sure that you made a contribution and that you worked hard. And the second one was family. So as I watched, I grew up with a family of teachers. My father was a teacher. My mom was a teacher. And so, of course, you know, I, I had the ability to, to watch and learn and imitate them. But you know, when I went to my grandfather's, it was just a different perspective. And I, and I really have taken what I saw and what I've learned even to today. And, I've, you know, as I talk to my children, you know, you, Bill, you spend a couple of years of your teenage life saying, I'm never going to act like my parents until you become one. And then, of course, you spend the rest of your life acting exactly like your parents did. But I can hear myself talking as if my grandfather was talking to me. So he had a huge impact on on me for all the, I guess, the good traits that you hope people bring to the business world. Did he live nearby? Were you able to see him often? He did. So uh, he was about 45 minutes away. And one of the things that, you know, we at least once a month, we would have a, an all-family dinner. So all the relatives would huddle at their house, which, which they loved. I had the ability to go with him for pheasant hunting quite often because that was the way that we, you know, I wasn't old enough or I wasn't a good enough golfer. So that was out. So we did a lot of activities together. It was just a very safe environment, you know, much like as a small business owner, you want to make sure that that environment's there for your people. He did that for our family. And that that's really what sticks out for me. I came from a family of non-salespeople. So, you know, anyone that I had mentioned up to this point 
really wasn't going out and selling. We didn't even have any entrepreneurs in our family. And I, I learned very quickly. And my father used to always say, you can have whatever you want, David. You just have to go pay for it. And I had nothing handed down to me. And so I was out and about. And I learned very quickly that sales was a great way that you could control your own destiny. And after graduating college, I went into sales and I sold office machines. And, and back then, I'm going to date myself here, but you know they had the quote unquote smart typewriters back then, and they, they did you know all that type of stuff. And so when I went there, I thought, Bill, that salespeople and leaders were were born. I mean, I thought, hey, if you either have the skills or you don't have the skills. But what I realized very quickly is that you're made. And once you realize that you're made, anything like whether you're a tennis player or a golfer, once you know that it relies on you to do all the things necessary to improve your game, that's when I got serious about it. Because Sandler was based on psychology, which hooked me because of my mom's background. And so I sat in a, in a class and probably like one of your employees that you send to a program, they got their arms folded, they're like, hey, this is not for me. And by about 10.30, I was in because you didn't learn scripts per se. You learned ways to attack problems. And that gave you the flexibility of putting your own personality and your own approach into it. I practiced. I became number one in their company. And then I went down to see Dave Sandler. He was the guy for me at the time. And one of those days, he stood up and said, I'm looking for somebody to train my trainers. And I just couldn't even help it. My arm went up immediately. And so I, I did that for a while. And then I did the Zig Ziglar routine where we would fly around and, and do seminars and really work at a at a local level. Because what we do, what our swing zone is to work with small companies, where our heritage is, is dealing with small companies who want to want to grow. They're entrepreneurial in spirit. You know, they're pr probably the entrepreneur is awesome at whatever the trade is. And now they've got to grow the business and replicate the business. You talk about your experience working with entrepreneurs who are in need of sales training. What are some of the characteristics or questions that sales, uh, that business owners are struggling with? They may have had in several big projects and they're still on that feast and famine roller coaster. They may be at a point where they're trying to negotiate a deal that they haven't done before. What are the some of the common characteristics that you find are beneficial for people to reach out for help because they've realized they've gotten to a point where they can't take it further themselves. Yeah, I think there's different stages as you're indicating. Certainly you've got a stage where I'm a I'm an entrepreneur, I'm probably the best at whatever the trade is in my organization. Now I'm trying to figure out how to scale, right? And I can scale the parts that I'm familiar with. So let's even assume hey, I'm a small accounting firm. I've got that part down. But what I'm really struggling with is the things that are fall outside of my comfort zone. Maybe it's hiring, maybe it's coaching, maybe it's, you know, being a boss, all the things that, you know, now happen as an entrepreneur, you know, we go into being an entrepreneur because we love what we're doing. And then we quickly realize as we get more successful, we're not actually doing what we loved any longer. We're doing all this other stuff that's called being an owner, you know, so we get the privilege of waking up at two o'clock in the morning with a cold sweat and all that good stuff. So. We help people who want to scale. We help people who say, hey, I can't find and can't keep good people. Um, we find and help people who say, Dave, um, I brought in really good people. We're doing great. 
But what I realized is everyone has a slightly different approach to the way we go to business or the way we coach or the way we do whatever interview, let's say. And if you think about it, Bill, if I had five salespeople or 10 salespeople and each one of them did something different in the sales process and had different words. So if I was coaching them and I said, well, how are we doing an XYZ account? They said, well, we're close, Dave. Well, what does close mean exactly if we're not talking the same language? It's like an airplane pilot and a co-pilot you know, having a different approach on how they're going to take off and land. That's pretty frightening. But in sales, that's probably one of the few departments that we don't have consistency in process and methodology. We have it in our accounting department. We have it in our engineering department, shipping department. Everything is just locked and loaded except for this thing called sales. So when they're looking for common approach, that's another signal. Or they have deals in their pipeline that have been there so long, they've got running, you know, running water and power, and they don't know how to get them out of the funnel. And they don't know how to progress. And now the road to excellence is your sixth book, I believe. What is it that got you the, the idea to start writing this book with the, the structure that it has? So we have a, a book called 49 Rules for Sales Leaders. As I did the research for that book, I realized that there's patterns. What I noticed is that there were blind spots. And those blind spots we have as entrepreneurs, and we've identified these blind spots, and they're in the book. And that's the first half of the book, which are things that we struggle with as small business people. So, and you may think, you know, blind spot number one, I've conquered that one. But as you grow and as you have people working on your staff, that actually may be a blind spot for the person that you brought in. So, what I realized, and I've gone through it multiple times is that my blind spot isn't somebody else's blind spot within my company, or I had it ratcheted down, Bill. And then as, as I grew, it became a blind spot. So I've identified the blind spots. And then I've said, you know, here's a blind spot. Here are the symptoms. So you know if you have it within your company. And here's how you fix it. So it's not a book that said, oh, here are the problems. Good luck to you. It's actually a playbook. And here's how you fix it. And the second half of the book we take you through a process, which we have six Ps, but really from where you are today as an entrepreneur and where do you want to be in three, four, five years? Where is that? And then we create a roadmap for you to, to get there. There's 31,000 people coming through our program every year, but we need a roadmap because being an entrepreneur, we're, it's a lonely business. You know that. Who, who am I going to tell? I, I can't go tell the people that work for me. Hey, guys, I don't know where we're going, and I don't even know how to get there. I think what we've provided is the playbook for you to grow the business, or at the very least, if you're happy where you are, to identify some blind spots so you can ratchet down what you're doing to make sure that you stay at that level of, of excellence. Here's a, a pretty good blind spot to follow up that discussion with, and it's the blind spot of not tying personal goals to corporate goals. Can you explain that one, please? Sure. Well, I think the overall principle is that people will work harder for themselves than they do for you, right? I mean, if you think about what an entrepreneur thinks, we think we're the hardest working people in the company. And so we work hard. And that's not saying that anyone else in your company does not work hard. But I think when a push comes to shove, I'm going to work harder for me than I do for you if you're my boss, Bill. So that's the overall you know, principle. The blind spot is this. I think we go in, and I'm going to talk about sales for a second because it's just easy for this example. I go in and say, you have a quota of $2.5 million. Now, 
we can go through the typical, oh my gosh, you know, that's unreachable, but put all that aside. But you give me a quote of two and a half mil. And from that point forward, you're managing where I am in relation to the two and a half million dollars. And I'm trying to get to the two and a half million dollars. This particular blind spot says, look, in order to link the corporate goal to the personal goal, you should sit down and have a conversation that would look something like this. You know, Bill, your, your quota this year is two and a half million. We've identified that. We've done a good territory plan and account plan. So we're feeling comfortable how to get there. Hey, Bill, if you hit your two and a half million, you're going to get about a $200,000 commission check. Let me ask you a question. What would you do with the $200,000? Now, I don't think most managers ask that question. So let's assume for a second, you say, well, Dave, I'm gonna put some towards my retirement. I'd like to take my family on a vacation. I'd like to save for my kid's education. And I have, one of my kids is getting married. So let's assume that was it. Those four things are far more important to you than my two and a half million dollar quota. So by having you picture, what would you do with the, the money, the success, if you hit it, now I've tied it. I think that brings home a really strong point, Dave. And it's so easy, as you explained, to be able to say to, say, a salesperson, hey, you're really close to making that limit. If you, if you do nothing, well, the vacation might be Ocean City versus you told your family it was going to be Bahamas. <laughs> right. and, and that's the difference. And that gets them to use more of their discretionary time. And I think that's easily translatable so that even if people aren't in sales, Every business owner out there listening is thinking to himself or herself, this is a conversation that I need to have. And if it's a manager that you're dealing with, one of your direct reports, someone in marketing, someone in sales, no matter what role that person plays, there's always a way to creatively link their goals, their personal goals with the corporate or business goals. And I think that's such an important thing to do. It's very much overlooked from your experience, don't you think, Dave? No, absolutely. I mean, I think people say to me, Oh, they should know that. Oh, they're self-motivated. But I think you have to do it because if, if I was an entrepreneur listening and, and I really was going to be honest, uh, how would I answer the following questions? Do you know the top two or three goals for the people who work for you? If the answer is no, you have a blind spot. And there's no shame or harm in just jotting it down or keeping it in a, a contact database record. It's important to do. So that's something that you ought to keep records of. Don't you agree? I do agree. You know, and I think it's hard to remember everything about everyone, but I write it down. And, you know, we do that in our personal lives, and there's no reason why we shouldn't do it in our professional lives. What are the blind spot was the most surprising as you were doing research for the book or writing it? The blind spot on not capturing best practices, I expected more of the organizations to be to be doing that. I mean, there's a blind spot in there that says, hey, not creating a culture of accountability or learned helplessness. That was always one that also popped up. So real quick, the learned helplessness one is where an entrepreneur is doing most of the work because it's easier to do it than it is to explain. And in realize, what I'm really doing is I'm doing a disservice to both myself and to the employee. So how do you create an environment where they are self-sufficient? It's tough for an entrepreneur to get their head around that in the beginning. But if you're working in the business, it's really tough to work on the business. Then the other one that kind of hit home immediately was the best practices. What are the things that you want your people to be excellent at? Identify it, give them examples, whether it's a written example or a video or audio, and hand it to them so they can mimic success. 
I mean, you could start with an outline in a Google document, right? It's just yes. something to start and then build upon each and every week. Absolutely. Think about in your company, if somebody left you, you're correct on how you set it up. You could do it in Google Docs. It's, it's easy. And, and for me, because I don't want to bog people down writing out how they did it, if it's an approach, like how do you deal with an irate customer under this scenario? If I said, hey, Billy, you're awesome at that. Would you type that out? That's a big burden. Instead, I just use Audio Acrobat, which is, hey, Bill, pick up the phone, dial this number, just talk in the phone as if you're talking to the customer. I'll capture it, and then I send out a link to the rest of the employees, or I store it in my, my playbook. Love it. It takes no time at all. You heard it from their voice. They feel empowered. It works, it works wonderful. So that's it. But if I go back to the other scare as an entrepreneur, is unplanned exits. You know, I've got people who may walk out the door that are super valuable to my company. And I, and I panic as an owner. I go right through all the employees and I say, if they left me, what would I do? And, or if, hey, that person's about to retire in two years, I better get my act together so I don't have a void when that happens. And when I'm looking at that, that's really where the playbook also helps because somebody's stepping into that role. I want them to produce at the same level as the person who's leaving that role. It's certainly an area that's lagging. And the description of this, as well as the, the six Ps, is, is a really great start. So let me just go over the, the six Ps and the excellent process. Just at a high level, they're planning, positions, people, processes, and I love how you coined this term, perform metrics, and then passion. Why are these the six that come together to form that coherent process? Well, I think most of what we do fits into these six. Now, you know, we could spend time, hey, what about this? Oh, it's outside the six. Well, I think this is the roadmap and it's in the order. And I, and I reason why, which is not intuitive and most entrepreneurs will fight back on this bill is we start with planning. Everyone wants to start with, all right, what's my goal? All right, what does the company have to look like? How am I gonna set this up? And they start honestly on page six. If they go back and ask themselves, where do I wanna be as an individual? Like as the owner, of Sandler, where do I want to be in five years? What do I want to be in 10 years? Because where I want to be then affects where I want the company, to what, you know, what's going to happen within that company to make that happen. That's very interesting. I think that what you're saying is also a point that I want to bring out to clarify. Dave, when you share your planning, you're also sharing some of your passion as well, aren't you? Yeah. Well, they're connected, right? So if if I'm planning to go to a certain area, you're right. You're going to, you're going to hear that passion and it's infectious. And that's why I want people in my company to help me with this area as well. Because once I decide where I'd like to go, then we should decide where we are going to get there. And that's, that's where that passion does kick in. You're absolutely correct. And the other thing that happens, Bill, it's a, it goes from my plan to our plan, which is the other big aha. A lot of entrepreneurs, I think, will be hearing this and saying, my goodness, I could never tell my people how important this is to me, yet that's exactly the crucial step to get everyone on board and excited about it, isn't it? It is. I mean, look, the big fear is how how am I going to tell my people I want to retire in, in 10 years or five years? First of all, if you're thinking it, they're way ahead of you anyways, right? Yeah. So. I'm 54. It doesn't take a genius for somebody to say, and they say it right up front. I mean, I'm amazed how many people ask this question now. Dave, how long are you going to be in the business for? 
And so they're thinking it anyways. But but if you do feel that way, Bill, if I, if I couldn't share my personal goals, then but you could then say, based on my personal goals, here's where I want the company to be. Here's my company, my corporate goals. They can help shape that. If you're afraid to share where you want to be personally, that's okay. You can keep that in your little private box, but have them help build where the company is going to, because you can give them some criteria. Hey, I'd like to make sure that the company is self-sufficient. They can operate without me. Hey, I'd like to make sure that we do X, Y, and Z. and X. So you can shape what you want it to be without having to be you know, completely transparent if you're afraid to do that. But in fairness, everyone's talking about it anyways. Now that's true. And I bet that there are business owners listening to this who are thinking, I don't know quite how to frame it or share that with my people. Can you share an example of someone who might've been reluctant to share their personal goals and then decided to do it? And maybe not all of the goals, maybe not everything, but enough to let people understand how it was driving a particular direction to overcome a new, you know, to take on a new part of the market or to introduce a new product or to do some change to the business by showing how it connected to the person's personal goals. We have a smaller consulting firm. The business was really generated by the founder, by the owner. Now, that doesn't mean that business wasn't done the other way, but they're going in to do some consulting on the management side of, of other people's businesses. And they knew on their personal side that they don't really wanna work 80 hours a week in five years from now. They would like to get into a position where they don't have to look at every single thing. All roads shouldn't lead to me. Right now it's awesome. I mean, I can do it, but I also realized that if I wanted to do something else or have the ability to work four days a week or whatever the case may be, that I have to do certain things now. So what happened was they sat down and they said to the group, hey group, all roads lead to me. And if I got hit by a truck or I'm not available to answer a question, I think the company is paralyzed. And eventually I'd like to work four hours and four days a week if it's possible. How do we get ourselves into a position where we create the plan in order for our company to become more well-rounded, more self-sufficient. And they went through the process. And what they ended up doing as far as parts, bits and pieces, is they gave more authority to people who didn't have the authority but wanted it and should have had it anyways. So it caused the entrepreneur to stop hoarding. The employees had permission because there was one particular woman who always wanted to do the things, but the entrepreneur was pushing back because, you know, oh, they didn't understand all the pieces. Hey, I'm the air traffic controller. Well, it gave her permission to say, you got to give me control of that. It's within my, my group. I'm responsible anyways. If it doesn't go well, I can do it. And they worked out a plan where they phased it in. So she proved he was comfortable and it worked. The other thing that happened is they realized all the business couldn't be brought in by the founder. So now they had situations where he was introducing them to other people within accounts. He wasn't going on all the first calls. He was bringing people with him from a coaching perspective. So lots of things changed, but it gave people the power to say, hey, if that's where we're heading, we need to do this differently. And another thing to take away from that is that in setting these goals and empowering your company, 
there are also trade-offs that need to be made, similar to how this entrepreneur had to give up some of the control he had and allow his people to build those relationships and develop those skills. And a smart business owner will recognize that it takes that kind of support in order to let the company grow beyond what one's personal vision might be. How hard is it for us as entrepreneurs not to bite our lip when somebody has a suggestion or a way of doing things, which maybe say is 85% of the way that you would do it, but you just kind of have to, you know, bite it, bite the lip and, and let it happen. In the financial services world, in, in 10 years, they have a serious problem because of the aging of the workforce. That big push is how do I create an organization that I can sell? that right. will perpetuate. So Dave, are you ready for the my quest for the best lightning round? It's a series of five questions I ask that helps us get to know you and, and your um, perspectives on success just a little bit deeper. All right, first one, what are the key components of your routine for daily success? The key components for me is that I'm planning for daily success beforehand. I just don't show up and say, what am I doing today? I know a week ahead of time, what meetings I'm having, you know, what projects are coming up. And I, I want to make sure that I show up fully prepared because I believe as the owner, I need to be congruent. If I'm holding other people accountable, I need to be accountable. So my first thing is look ahead and be fully prepared and give yourself enough time to react if you're not. Second is I show up with data. I mean, most of the times what I've learned over time, Bill, is that if you show up to a meeting with handouts or data, you will control the meeting because everyone else tends to show up with nothing. So I always make sure that I, I have that as well. The other thing for me is that I block time to do the things that maybe are a little more strategic, a little more proactive. So for instance, I block in my calendar, I'm, I'm proactively outbound calling five customers a day. If I didn't do that, I promise you there would be a hundred fires that got in the way of me doing that. So I block whatever my behavioral plan is, I put it into the calendar. So it's not when I get to it, it's going to happen. What's a tool or system you use for staying on track and productive? I like Evernote. I use Evernote because I have daily journals, which I'm a huge proponent of. I've done them for years. I walk in and but as I look at my bookshelf now, I probably have 15 years of notebooks. So what's the book that you've given the most as a gift in the last year? Well, I mean, I give, I give the 49 rules for sales uh, for sales leaders and or the role to excellence. Because in my world, uh, the people that I'm dealing with is the entrepreneurs of the world. Those two books are, are awesome. So those are the ones that I've been giving away. And now this is interesting. What's the most important habit? routine or belief that you've stopped in the last year that's brought you the most pleasure or personal satisfaction? Probably my first response is, oh, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> I, I have stopped uh, jumping to the world as half empty. I always thought it was a virtue to over-prepare for everything that could possibly go wrong. And then if it doesn't, be pleasantly surprised. I still have that DNA. It's in there, but it doesn't necessarily bubble up as quickly. So because I realized when I do that, it affected the people around me uh, as far as creativity. And I don't want to blue sky everything. I'm not leading the, the listeners to say, hey, you got to blue sky everything. But but I have stopped that. And, and it is helpful to me personally. And what would you say is the best advice you've ever received? 
The best advice I've received was from Sandler when I first showed up um, to work for Dave Sandler. And basically what he said to me was, David, if you would dedicate yourself for five years and learn everything there is to know about this business, you will become a machine. And even everything there is to know about sales, because most people will give up one to three years into it. But people will come to you and you'll benefit personally from the knowledge if you would just stay with that dedication. And you shared so many great other pieces of advice and insight on today's interview. Dave, I just want to thank you so much for being on my quest for the best, just reminding us that it's important to continually to look to up your game. Because whether you're aware of it or not, entrepreneurs and business owners out there, you're competing with others and you've got to have a sharp game in order to compete effectively. We've talked about the importance of being able to discuss money and goals and link personal goals with corporate goals, about how blind spots can really limit a business's growth, and the importance of creating a playbook in order to help people onboard, in order to help people grow and get up to speed faster. That, and for so many other reasons, Dave, I want to thank you so much for joining me on my quest for the best. Dave, can you tell us where we could find out more about the Sandler Institute and the work that you do? Sure. If people liked what they heard or want to find out about more, they can go to www.sandler.com. And Bill, with your permission, I'd like to offer them a, a gift. If they go on sure. and uh, they said, hey, what I've heard was great, you'll see locate a local training center. We've got 265 training centers. If they pick the closest one to them, they can go there and pick whether it's a management course or a sales course or leadership. Pick anything on the calendar and go as our guest. Just say, hey, I listened to Dave and Bill and I want to crash a class. And they will let you come in and they, you know, they'll teach you as if they weren't one of our clients. You'll, and you'll learn a lot. Even if we never saw each other again, you will leave with jewels that you could implement when you get back to your business. Well, that is so kind of you. Thanks so much. And as people go and visit Sandler Centers or read The Road to Excellence, Six Leadership Strategies to Build a Bulletproof Business, what's something that you want them to be thinking about to improve their business now? I think number one is it's never too late. I always hear, well, I should have done that 10 years ago. So I do think you got you to gotta start sometime. Um, and so start now. I think the other thing is this is not improving your business is not an event. It's a journey. And you may think that you've solved one thing, but you've got five other things to solve. So for me, I love when you know people say this is only the beginning because when people go through something, they check the box. So oh, I went through interview training or oh, I went through whatever. That's not necessarily true. So I would say if you had the mindset that it is a journey, we're constantly becoming better. And I'll go back to the professional sports. I promise you, when they hit the pros, they don't say, okay, now I've made it, I'm going to stop practicing. And if they do, they're cut immediately. So we have to have that same mindset. It's a journey. Hi, this is Bill. Before you go, I just want to ask you a quick favor. If you've enjoyed this interview on My Quest for the Best, I'd love it if you'd go to iTunes, look up My Quest for the Best, and subscribe. I want to make sure you don't miss the very next episode we have coming up. We've got a lineup of terrific guests and I know that if you enjoyed this one, you'll like what you find coming up soon. Also, feel free to give it a comment, a like, because we work hard to put these interviews together, and I'd appreciate making sure that we're reaching you and serving you in the, the best way possible. I look forward to reading your comments, and catch you on the next interview. Thanks so much.